to the official Sanjay Cooper Memorial League podcast for round 11. Olabamba, it was a uh, another storied week in the history of the uh, world's most prestigious uh, draft fantasy Premier League. And uh, how do you uh, how do you feel the results went? Were they uh, were they entertaining? Were they uh, exciting? Yeah, I've got to say it's probably the the best round we've had so far. Um, you know, every team every team but one performed, um, scoring more than thirty points, which I think's the first time this season. And yeah, there's just some really close games as well, which was uh, yeah pretty electric. Um, after you know a pretty entertaining first ten weeks, uh, this is real. Just capped it off. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think what really spurred on this great round of uh, fantasy football was the off-the-pitch drama um, initially that um, turned out to be a real mastermind long control from um, from the Tans United and haven't got a clue co-managers there. Um, now, so you'll remember from uh, the Round 10 podcast, we were explaining what was going on at that time. Uh, to all onlookers, it appeared that Tom Wiley had... Uh, Stolen the Sanjay Shield and refused to give it to a uh, rightful hold- holders haven't got a clue, and he was threatening to destroy the uh, the Shield if Goon FC did not give the Laver Memorial Cup over to Monathan Drakeman, as uh, Jack Bailey had that wrongfully imprisoned in his bedroom for the past eighteen months. So what happened? Uh, Goon FC and Monathan Drakeman they they teed up a time to hand the trophy over. And it turns out that for the past three days, the uh, the Sunday Shield had been in transit to Christchurch to uh, co-manager Josh Bamber. Uh, so all along, it was just a big troll. And uh, look, they haven't got a clue and Tons United co-managers, as Tom Wiley was saying, while the troll was ongoing, I mean, they're heroes. They, they freed the wrongfully imprisoned La Bamba. Yeah, certainly an interesting wrinkle um, that I don't think many people still realise that GNFC co-manager Jack Bailey was wrongfully holding the the title. Um, it was something that got glossed over, it appears, at the prize giving at the end of last season and is subsequently forgotten about. And so it's nice to see that the the trophy's now in the right hands. It's a shame that the the shield was had to you, you know, was used in such a way. Um, and also just the amount of people to real, you know, not even think about. Uh, the other co-manager of Haven't Got a Clue, you know, touching the shield, I thought that was quite um, hurtful. Um, he was forgotten about a lot in the in the context of the the drama, and, and it was nice for him to get his hands on the shield. I'm sure. Well, yeah, it seems really glossed over. Um, some co-managers appear to think that this is just a Wellington uh, Wellington fantasy competition, and um, that, that's just factually wrong. I mean, all the managers happen to live in. Aotearoa, all throughout Aotearoa, shall I say. 
but um look there's no there's no restrictions to um where you live to uh to be a co-manager in this so it makes no sense that the shield couldn't venture outside of the uh, the wellington boundaries we're not currently uh under any covid restrictions uh for freedom of movement of sanjay shields so look it's it's great that um co-manager bamba got his day with the shield uh some canterbury rugby's got um, players got on board with that some of the uh super rugby trophies of the crusaders also got on board the uh the sanjay shield having a nice little little trip in there well at the same time it uh i mean the the campaign that the the four co-managers set out to accomplish was completed we have correct trophy allocation within the league for the first time in almost two seasons so it's it's really happy days from uh from us here at the official sanjay cooper memorial league podcast yeah and, and as i said um it's nice that the trophies are able to go around the country and into the regions um the south island is is more known as the i guess the, the backwater of the nation and it's nice that the the trophies are able to make an appearance in, in such a fine establishment absolutely well shall we uh surpass this um the fake off-field drama as we've we've now seen that it has been and get on with the uh what happened on the pitch labamba Hey, certainly sounds good to me. As I said, it was a, a pretty entertaining round of footy and uh, looking forward to delving into it. Well, as you said in your uh, introduction, there were nine of the 10 teams that performed this week. And uh, we'll cut to the game featuring the one that did not. And in this one, which was played at the uh, Whitby Rehabilitation Clinic for being obsessed with a family friend, uh, Gurney C travelled to face Tarns United. And in this one, Gurney FC could only manage a measly league-low 21 points against Tarns United's respectable 32. Labamba, what were your thoughts here? Yeah, so when I referenced the one team, uh, this this was it. Um, you know, they're 11 points behind the next lowest teams, which was two of them, but also the team they were playing. So a real missed opportunity uh, for Goon FC this week. They've, they've been putting in a bit of run of form. You know, pushing their way up the table, um, but now they only sit three points uh, ahead of their opposition this week, which was Tarns United, who bounced back from a uh, a tough Sanjay Shield loss, um, and yeah, got the got the dub here with some pretty good performances across the board. Well, I think the real story of this match going in was I think NFC were really preparing to have the uh, the backing of the league behind them here. As a co-manager of Tarns United, Tom Wiley really painted himself as a villain while he was apparently holding the, the Sanjay Shield hostage when, in fact, just uh, 24 hours before the game week began, we found out that wasn't the case. And the issues he was raising in the group chat about Kern FC holding the Lavery Memorial Cup when they had never won it. Um, I mean, they became much more clear, and I guess the league really started getting behind Tarns United in this instance. And I think... Mentally, for the Goon FC co-managers and within the locker room, that must have just been really difficult. And look, you look across their team, we had negative points here with uh, Sanchez, the goalkeeper, getting negative one with the straight red card. Only Smith Rowe managed to get more than the uh, the two for the over 60 minutes, uh, himself scoring eight. If we look across to Tarns United, uh, we had Dyer with eight, Tavares with six, and uh, Salah with five. Now, it's not a stellar week from Tarns United, but look, 
when your opposition's only scoring 21 and you score more than them, you still get three points. You'll still take that. And uh, these teams are only separated by one place in the table now, Labamba. So do you think that's going to be a bit of a storyline going ahead? Yeah, it certainly lends itself um, to a little bit of a rivalry between these two sides. Um, NFC find themselves at the bottom of that group of 18 points uh, that we talked about last week. And they'll be wanting to kind of get some results. Otherwise, they will fall into that next tier or those teams coming up. It'll be quite difficult to get out of there. And uh, another very interesting tidbit from this game. So I think in every single match thus far this season, uh, the top scorer for Towns United has been Mo Salah. Uh, so for this one, two players actually outscored Mo Salah and Towns United still came away with the win. So is this a turning point? Is this a sign that Towns United don't need Salah to go insane to, to win matches going ahead? Uh, yes and no is the simple answer to that one. I think yes, uh, obviously nice to have a couple of players score a few more points for Towns United, but when you look at the, the rest of the performances across their team, he was still the third highest and realistically they wouldn't have won this game you know, without his performance, his contribution. Um, yes, there was a bigger gap than what he scored, but having someone like him in your team really strives and, and pushes the, the others around him. Um, and I think we're starting to see that, that the results pay off elsewhere for him. Yes, so uh, in this one, as uh, both of our predictions matched each other, uh, we both predicted this result correctly uh, with yourself selecting Gurney FC, oh, Tans United to win by two and myself, Tans United by five. Our next match of the round took us to the Canterbury Simp Reform Centre for a massive Sanjay Shield match as Haven't Jot a Clue took on Can't Fit My Willian. In this one, Can't Fit My Willian were uh, coming in as probably the favourites, having our uh, top scored in three of the past four rounds, sitting second. However, Haven't Jot a Clue defended the Shield, pulled off the upset with a 46 to 39 point win. Labamba, what were your thoughts? Yeah, an interesting uh, matchup. Probably halfway through, it looked like Comfort My Willian were going to walk away from the um, Canterbury Simp Reform Centre with the with the Shield um, after it had made it down to Canterbury. Um, but some strong performances on the Sunday uh, have helped having Jota Clue get over the line. Nice to see a couple of double point, you know, double uh, digit point scores in there for them, um, and some pretty all right scores around the board to kind of get them above that, that 40 mark, which once you get over there, it's hard to lose games. Um, but I think it's fair to say, I think you've got some stats on hand, uh, the Blackjack Bandit, but they um, haven't got a clear a wagon when it comes to the Shield. I don't know what it is about having got a clue in the Sanjay Shield, but it's it's undeniable. They they just get up for the Shield no matter what. So if we pull up the, the Shield statistics now, it's... Um, it's not even close. So Hanson and these were actually the top two uh, most common holders of the Sanjo Shield here. Uh, but the gap is ridiculous still. So Hanson and Phillips have held the Shield 10 times with a record of 10-1-7 in Shield matches, amounting to a 55.55% conversion rate. Whereas Bamber and Lavery are now 18-time holders, going 17-1-4 with an 81.82% conversion rate. 
there's also another quite insane statistic that uh, I calculated myself today. And it was that um, in the history of the Sanjay Shield, Haven't Got a Clue have now held that for 36.73% of the time that it's existed, which is, it's just utter dominance. There's no other way to put it, Labamba. Yeah, it certainly um, makes pretty scary reading um, for teams playing, you know, coming up against them. It's, it's always a tough one when it comes to the shield in terms of, it's very random, you know, it's just who turns up on the week. And I think we started to see a trend come through here. Um what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, it's just, it's unreal, really. Um, haven't got a clue. They also hold the longest uh, streak of of holding the shield with nine weeks, which uh, is almost a quarter of a season. And if they win next round, and they have, it's a sure thing, so they probably will win next round. Uh, they will have held the Shield for the equivalent of half a season throughout the Shield's history. Um, I just, I don't know what to say about this team. Um, if they win the Shield and they can pull off a, a run, I mean, that's that's what helped them along in the table last season. And if they had gotten one more win with the Shield, they would have won the league. I mean, they finished tight on points with Jonathan Drapeman. Um, but we could be seeing another long run here. Uh, we're going into an international break. Their, uh, their players will be well-rested well after some impressive performances here. Uh, we had Trossard and Barnes both, both making the team of the week on 10. Uh, and look, I just I don't see any letting up when having got a clue had the shield. It, it takes a really impressive performance to, to knock them off that. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting, as you say, the... Um... Uh, you know, got a bit of a break now, and and more that momentum that the they're the form team in the competition so far. I think with its four wins on the trot, so they'll be looking to kind of take a break and, and rebuild coming out of that international break, and uh, hope for the the sake of co-managers uh, of having Jota Clue, uh, James Labour, and Josh Bamber that, that they can do that. Um, but it's interesting here. You look at the scores for Comfort Mawillian, um, some good points at the back. But the midfield and, and most notably the forwards struggling. Um, Aubameyang, kind of, I guess, a key one, pretty uh, prolific one this morning. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the forward struggles across the league? Yeah, very interesting, actually. So as I was compiling the team of the week, I, I realised that the only forward in the entire league who scored a goal this week was um, Adam Armstrong, which you you would never expect whatsoever. But um, the... The striker struggles are really emphasised by Aubameyang with his missed penalty and his yellow card um, this morning. And yeah, it's, it was a tough week for Comfort Mawillian uh, from the, the heights they've reached in the past four or five weeks. Um, Burnley scoring against uh, Chelsea didn't help with Mendy only getting his, uh, his appearance points. And then I think just quietly... I'll expose cut for my William a bit here. I think they've been very helped along by Reese James's ridiculous um, 15 to 20 point performances that he's been putting in of late that's cemented him into the uh, the team of the first quarter. And they they just didn't get that. And it made them vulnerable. And haven't got a clue, as they will do in a 
Sandra Shield match, um, they took advantage. And look, the team's not weak. The team's not bad. I mean, 39 points. Still would have won a fair few fair few games in, in this round if they had different opposition. But they're not the juggernaut that, uh, that they were seeming to be in the past four weeks. And uh, I think that's, that's what we both predicted going into this one. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly just, I think, fell, fell a little bit short. Um, and we'll kind of be looking for that, as I said earlier. Just more work from their midfield and strikers if they're really wanting to uh, win a game. Yes, absolutely. Well, as I uh, hinted at before, going into this one, we both predicted haven't got a clue to take this one away. Yourself predicting a uh, haven't got a clue one by 12 and myself by 10. Our next match of the round took us, as always, to the upper hut home for the vertically challenged. As the uh, Battle of the Battlers took place with Gilfie's young boys playing host to It's a Sure Thing. So for this one, we both predicted It's a Sure Thing to take this one. Uh, yourself predicting It's a Sure Thing to win by 10 and myself by 4. However, this week, Gilfie's young boys shocked the league, putting in a league-best 55 points to It's a Sure Thing's 39. Labamba, do you have any thoughts here? Uh, well, we talked about having John a clue, putting some run of form together, and uh, maybe Gilfie's young boys are putting doing the same thing. They've scored some very big points over the last few weeks. Um, obviously, this was the game they needed to win, um, bottom two bottom of the table sides. But if you look back, you know they lost last week and they got fifty four points. Uh, would have beaten every other team in the league. Um, game week nine, you know, same kind of story for them once again. They went back to their old ways. So these last two weeks, they've kind of put a good runner form together and it's kind of culminated in the game that, well, I think we both argued it was one they had to win, otherwise they could write off any chances of uh, being in the running this season. Yeah, it's it's really seems to have come out of nowhere for, um, for Gilfie's young boys. I mean, immediately after they appeared on the podcast and basically admitted that they'd given up and they were happy with coming 10th. They were just looking forward to prize giving. But since then, we have these ridiculous performances coming through with uh, McCarthy with nine, Kyle Walker with eight, Havertz with eight, Zaha with eight, and Adam Armstrong, as previously mentioned, the only forward in the league to uh, score a goal this week with nine. Now, I, I don't understand what the hell has happened at the upper hut home for the vertically challenged. Um, as as you heard in the interview, they they played every game at home up until last week. That wasn't doing them any favors, but now something's changed and they're on fire. Yeah, it certainly makes a big difference. Um, as you said, they they had the one striker that scored a goal this week, um, which is big for the league and big for their points total. Um. Not very often you get nine points from a Southampton goalie either, so that helps. So, yeah, I think it's a run into one of two things, right? They've, they've got picked the right players, uh, but also got players in form at the moment. And, uh, yeah, they, they'll be looking to put for a few results. You know, they're still four points behind eighth place. Um, it's a long way to go. Um, but you wouldn't put it past them to get up next week when they take on uh, Paniki Saint-Germain. Absolutely not. I mean... It does seem that this is a bit of a turning point here where 
we've we've considered these two teams one and the same. And to be fair, it's a sure thing. Didn't put on a bad performance at all. 39 points, again, would have won a lot of games. But it does seem like with the scores that Guilfi's young boys are putting in at the moment, they could actually kick on and sort of come away from it's a sure thing and start maybe pushing Thickford makes me hardy for Vardy, Tarns United, Gurn FC sort of area. Um, whereas it's a sure thing. I mean, despite 12 from Fornals, 8 from White, 7 from Dino, some decent scores. It, it just doesn't seem like they're going to get there as long as Sancho and Grealish, well, particularly Sancho, is just doing absolutely nothing. And we always mention that Gilfie's young boys don't have a star, but if half your team are putting in, you know, five-plus performances, it doesn't matter. But with it's a sure thing, I mean, they they always seem to have a solid you know, eight, nine, ten score from McGinn or Fornals or someone like that. But it's just the lack of Sancho doing anything. And Grealish, I mean, he gets all right scores, but it's, you know, the five, six region rather than the eight, nine plus region. Um, there is a there is a gap there and it's becoming obvious where these two teams are trending, Labamba. Yeah, it's certainly kind of, I guess, signals what could be the next quarter of the league, couldn't it? Um, and it'll be interesting to see, I guess, what happens in the in the coming weeks for them both. Absolutely. And I think it's important to mention this This could only get worse. Um, I know that co-manager Karen Duncalf has a wedding upcoming and attentions will be fully turned to that. So they might, if it was possible, become even more reliant on Mr. Mike Andrews. Uh, you know, very widespread regarded as the uh, the most incompetent manager in the league, which is only going to spell more doom, I think. Yeah, yeah, it certainly doesn't help when you've got only one committed co-manager. Um, but no, it seems to work for other teams. You know, having Jota Clue seem to pull it off every week um, when James Lavery is setting the lineups. But obviously for some teams, it just doesn't quite work. And then we're seeing this here. It does seem so. Well, I think we've said all we can say about this one. So in our next match, this one took us to the Wellington School of Adapting to Living in Low to Medium Socioeconomic Areas after growing up in affluent suburbs. As Paniki Saint-Germain played host to Expected to Loose, this one was an absolutely tantalizing affair. It looked like Paniki Saint-Germain were completely out of it in uh, going into last night. But they managed to narrow the gap falling agonizingly short with expected to lose coming away with the three points here, 48 to 47. Labamba, what were your thoughts? Yeah, pretty interesting matchup this one, wasn't it? It looked like Paniki Sanjama was just going to sneak it um, and probably hope for a few more points in the late games. Uh, like Rafinha was pretty dangerous throughout the game this morning, but only managed the one goal. Um, that all three of their forwards didn't fire a shot. Um, but then saying that, nor did the ones unexpected to lose. And again, that's the defence that seems to win games at the moment. And uh, it was expected to lose the defence to score more points. Yeah, I mean, expected to lose. Well, there's There's been a lot of said about Kevin De Bruyne and uh, his, his play of late. Um, he is... I mean, he's just perpetually injured. Uh, and it seems like he's still somewhat recovering from that injury with only the three here in a big match. But 
Joel Cancelo is the one holding this team together and has been all season. Um, 14 from him, a big performance. Romero chipping in with eight as well. Keane with six. Edison with six. And it overcame the uh, the fact they were playing with 10 men with Roberto Firmino uh, getting the zero because he didn't feature. And then we look across mm. to Paniki Saint-Germain. Trent Alexander-Arnold coming in with 12. Kurt Zeman with seven. Emerson with six. Rafinha with nine. Some really strong performances here as well. And um, it, it is a shame for PSG. Uh, they, they've had a tough run of form as of late. It seems they finally sort of rediscovered that, but they've just come up against a slightly stronger opposition this week. So do you think uh, PSG are back here, Labamba? Or, um, or is this just going to be a bit of a mental roadblock and uh, they're going to continue to struggle for a bit? Yeah, well, I think there's no denying that they've been the best team on paper this season, um, but have really struggled in some of their head-to-heads. Um, it shows, you know, whether they're just a tick over 500 now. And while they're still in that 18-point range, there's two teams now above them that have taken a step up and they'll be looking to try and uh, claw that back because you can't let teams get away from you. Um, I think the most telling stat is the seven points between them and first currently. And, you know, it's... Just, it's very early doors in the season still, but it's a big gap to make up uh, this early on. Yeah, I mean, if you cast your mind back to probably five weeks ago, um, Paniki Saint-Germain were a point ahead of Monathan Draitman and uh, were top of the table. And now to see that gap, it's uh, it's hard to believe how wrong things have gone in recent weeks for uh, for PSG here. Um do you think mentally the managers can uh, can handle that sort of comeback? Yeah, I think um, I think they've got the the tactical nous and, and the team to do it. They'll be looking obviously for a lot more points up front. Um, if I was them, I'd be looking to maybe make a trade and, and put someone like I don't know um, Stun on the on the trading block. Um, you know, that, that, that's the sort of thing that at this point they've just got to change something up, and uh, I'm sure there'd be eight maybe seven or eight teams interested in Sun. Yeah, it would be it would be very interesting if they uh they did something like uh offer Sun for the the best trade available, but that remains to be seen. Um it does seem, as we're joking about that, like karma since that has happened, that has been the downfall. Do you think Son is personally dragging the locker room down and that whole saga has really been been the uh the turning point of their season negatively? Yeah, well, it certainly, it almost was just starting drama for the sake of starting drama, and it seems to have not really hurt anyone else but themselves. Um, as I said, oh, I'll be interested to see the next you know, quarter season, uh, 25% of the season. will be interesting to kind of get a gauge on where their hopes lie um, and if they can really change it at all at this point. Yes, absolutely. Well, there's not much more we can say about this one. For this one, we both predicted a uh, Paniki Saint-Germain win. We were both wrong. You predicted a win by seven, and I predicted a win by 15. Our final match of the round took us to the lower hut support group for people who only talk about their jobs. As Thikpa makes me hearty for Vardy, played host to Monathan Drakeman. Yet another typical Monathan Drakeman game here, Labamba. Uh, Monathan Drakeman came out with the 10-point win, 42 to uh, the disappointments of the season. Thickford makes me hearty for Vardy. Worth just 32 here. Labamba, 
your thoughts? Yeah, an interesting one, isn't it, so far? Um, this one here, Gallagher's kind of really the difference maker, uh, scoring the 11 points. Um, as you said, very disappointing pick for the Makes Me Hardy Pavadi. Um, they now sit in eighth place down the bottom of the table. Obviously, they had the draw with the top of the table, so it kind of shows you what they can do. Um, and they've had some pretty tough matchups too. They've faced the most amount of points um, so far, while also scoring quite a high amount themselves. So they'll be looking to probably get a little bit of easier matchups in the next few weeks and to kind of restart their campaign because, yeah, currently they're the worst of the best, really. Yeah, I couldn't have said that any better myself. Um, look, it, I mean, every time, once again, we shit on Thickford Makes Me Hardy for Vardy. They do good. And every time we start talking them up, they do bad. And as I said last week, we talked them up a bit and they lost. So the trend continues. Um, for their sake, I think we should just shit on them every week, no matter how well they do. Um, but I'm going to talk them up because it's quite funny to see them um, see them wallowing around in their own filth. Um, great nine performance there by Bowen. Uh, Allison, a negative one there. Unlucky. Uh, Diaz with six. Ruguelon with five. No other uh, significant contributions there. Ronaldo only coming in with the one in the Manchester derby is uh, was quite disappointing. Now, with Bamford out, uh, one of their key players, I guess. I mean, this team has many key players uh, with Ronaldo, Vardy, and Bowen all very strong players. Uh, Vardy and Bowen are near the top of the the points race for uh, MVP. And Chilwell is uh, currently sitting in the team of the season with three team of the week appearances. But I don't know. I just don't know where this team goes wrong every week. It seems that they've got the stars. They're, there's no weak points in this team. And yet they lose the bulk of their games. What do you think is going on here, La Bamba? Yeah, there's a couple of things in there for me. I think I think they have been really unlucky with their matchups. Um, I certainly think that there's still a really good chance for them to to win a lot more games than they lose um, this season and go above that 500. Where that takes you in the in the table, obviously that would push them right back up. And uh, yeah, I I, still, I I know we're meant to shit on them so they win games, but I still think that they've got the talent to to push through. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't agree with that anymore. And then you look at Monathan Drapeman. I mean, they've got a a strong team as well. On paper, it's it's definitely not as strong, but as Monathan Drapeman does, they they go in anywhere and they get the three points. Um, every week, a, a different player seems to stand up. This week, that was Connor Gallagher with 11. Uh, Ramsdale also chipping in with seven. Stones with six. And then you had a couple handy performances actually from Foden and Ward-Prowse, just getting the three, but those points definitely counted for something. Um, they're doing this in the absence of Romelu Lukaku as well, which is definitely of note. Caesar is Bilicueta, not making an appearance this week either. Um, again, there's no weak spots here. Again, I no matter what you do to this team, they don't slow down. They don't get caught up in the in the league drama. Well, I mean, co-manager John O'Hoffman gets very caught up in it. He starts quite a bit of it, but it just doesn't affect his team. So what do you think is the secret there, LaBamba? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, don't know, to be honest, because it's surprising. I, I wouldn't have picked um, John Hoffman for a, a football nut, um, but he seems to be building a really nice side. And as you say, there's a lot of just decent scores across the board. Everyone with two. Um, there's no other team that you can say that about this week. And that kind of shows that when they don't fire, they're still going to kind of back you up. And performances like that, that you just get you over the line, get you over that 40-point mark, which, as we said, it's quite difficult to lose from there. Yes, absolutely. It just, I don't know. I mean, there's still a long way to go in this season, but the more weeks pass, the the more difficult it seems for anyone to catch Jonathan Drapeman. I mean, they'll drop points and then all that that gap that they established, it just seems to get further away from them the next week. I mean, no one ever seems to be able to catch them. Um, it will be interesting now going ahead that um, that big block of all those teams are on 18 points. There is some separation there. We have two teams sitting on 21. And uh, Monathan Drakeman next week will be taking on Gurn FC. Um, and if, I mean, they'll be looking to hit back big. There is a bit of a rivalry going on there. So it will be interesting to see where that one goes. Um, Labamba, we say it every week. Do you think Monathan Drakeman can be caught? Uh, yes, I do. I do. I think the two teams chasing them now um, have got the capability to do that. Um, expected to lose, seem to get themselves on the right side of really tight games, and that will be important. The uh, you know we're still only in a quarter of the season so far, but it'll be important at the back end of this competition. And haven't got a clue why they've got the shield is uh, it's a dangerous prospect. I couldn't agree with that more. Well, for this one, uh, a very interesting situation transpired last week when Monathan Drayman was scheduled to uh, be interviewed but they decided to boycott due to the ongoing trophy allocation saga obviously that's now resolved and they've agreed to appear this week the co-managers of Monathan Drayman are John O'Hoffman and Matthew Drake let's cut to that audio now uh, kia ora everyone this is the Blackjack Bandit here so a bit of context to this next part uh Matthew Drake does not follow the podcast whatsoever, so he was quite confused when I asked him for an interview about what it was for. So uh, my producer, Tom Wiley, and uh, his co-manager, Jonathan Hoffman, decided to play a bit of a prank on him in this next part. Uh, just have a listen. Uh, hello and welcome to uh, Tom and Jono's uh, After School Advice. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm Jono. And uh, this week we're joined by... Um, by a professional recruiter at large, one of Wellington's finest young men, uh, Matthew Drake. Kia ora. Uh, so, Jono, would you uh, would you like to give a bit of an introduction to uh, Mr. Drake here? Well, oh, he's a fine young gentleman uh, residing in town now, but originally from Upper Hutt. Do you want to take it away, Drakey? You give us a bit of a background about who you are and you know your journey to how you've got to where you are now. I'm from the famous Upper Hutt, <laughs> the mm. greatest, the greatest village in all the land. Um, I, what can I say about myself? Went to the mighty, the mighty Hunter National Boys School, loved it, and here I am now in town. <laughs> so uh, I understand you're uh, you're in the recruitment industry now. So, um, what sort of uh, experiences after school did you uh, did you get to uh, to lead you to that path? 
Yeah. So I got my degree in HR and um, a secondary degree in drinking, which is really important for recruitment. Um, yeah. And, and there it is. It sort of fell on my feet. So I, uh, I understand that you, uh, you worked at Pack and Save during school. So did, uh, how did that sort of uh, environment and uh, that experience help you uh, oh, in your after school journey, I suppose? <laughs> uh, the vegetables were great. The fruit was even better. I learned a lot. What can I say? John, do you have any questions here? Um, yeah, I would just want to say, uh, Drakey, what advice would you have for some young folk out there listening, perhaps in their you know, last year of school or finished school, but unsure of what to do? What, what steps do you think are, are you know, some good starting points or things that people don't understand are important at that age? I think definitely start recording your highlights reels at your football matches, your rugby matches, send them to scouts because you should 100% pursue professional sport, uh, nothing else. Mm. Mm. Back, I think people, people are discouraged, but um, to be honest, I, I've, seen, I've seen kids put it top bins, barely celebrate. No one's recording it. Um, get yourself out there. Wise words. Incredible. Now, um, Mr. Drake, I understand you're a pretty prolific um, fantasy football player. So um, how has your uh, recruitment experience helped you in that and vice versa? How has your fantasy football experience helped you in, uh, in your recruitment career? It all, it all starts with scouting, to be honest. Um, what, can I, what can I say? A football manager for, football manager for fantasy football, incredible. <laughs> so uh do you think the experience in recruitment's helped you particularly with scouting and in the the sort of the waiver sort of area and also your drafting do you think yeah i think i think waivers for sure the dark the dark art of waivers um mm. i th- i think i was conservative when i started but um what recruitment has definitely taught me is that you've got to go in hard you've got to go in fast and yeah, just take some take some risks, pick up some steals. I don't care if Ronaldo's changing clubs in January. I want I want Maxwell Cornet now. Love that. So um, you said that uh, obviously you uh, you enjoyed the vegetables at Unpack and Save. <laughs> if you had to pick a spirit vegetable, what would that be? <laughs> Uh, his his name was Paul. He was he was great at his job, but um, not much else. <laughs> <laughs> Wise. What about for yourself, Drakey? If you were to um, picture yourself in the vegetable world, what what vegetable you know personifies Drakey to its to its best? Vegetable. <laughs> Uh, potato, very versatile, mm. loved by many. Mm, I was thinking that actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes yeah, with yeah. a lot of things, you know. Not many people don't like a potato, and that just sums up <laughs> Matthew Drake in my eyes. Incredible. How about yourself, Tom? What vegetable, um, you know, personifies the man himself? Um, hmm, probably a mushroom. I'd say. I think mm. a bit polarizing. 
but um those that, that love me really love me and um i guess uh you know i'm i'm for the for the people with a bit of a finer taste i guess i'm not for the not for faint hearted how about yourself yeah uh, it's a great question mm. i might have to come back to you on that one i think a potato is a great shout all round and a mushroom maybe i'll go with onion you know you don't under uh you don't appreciate the the talent there until um until you take it away now um mr uh mr drake so were there any influential figures throughout your schooling that you um that you thought really shaped you shapes me it's got to be it's got to be mr hamilton um and his and his love for eight plus coffees a day um it taught me that it taught me that you should never give up on what you love. Um, if you've got two things in your hand, the pie or the coffee, well, it's the pie. Mm. All right. Iconic um, moment. Any uh, <laughs> any comments on Mr. Moore? Did he did he shape you as a person? Oh, absolutely. Bendrick Lamore, like absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Basketball singlets on the wall taught me like never too young, never too old. How about Alexander Deacon? <laughs> yeah, like icon, absolute icon. Um, can we? Now I th- I think that <laughs> I think uh, given that you're a recruiter, um. I think that Jono would um would like some job interview tips. Um, did you have any for Jono? How long we got? Oh, we can just do it. You know, a quick uh, your top three. Top three. Um, top three tips. Wear your nicest shirt. Wear your nicest mm. hat. Um, smile. If you're Jono, don't be yourself. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Um, and oh, and if you're if you're in a job if you're at a job interview in, uh, interview for an accounting job, don't do it. Wow, wise words. That Very is wise some great words. words. Top tips. Do you have any <laughs> more questions for Mr. Drake there, Mr. Hoffman? No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, any final? Last words from you, Mr. Drake. Where can we where can we see you next on the big screen? On the big screen, I'm planning. I'm planning on screening a game. I'm playing next Sunday. It's Sunday league, but it's going to take off. We've um mm. we've got, we're playing against the Chinese team this week, and uh, we're going to take them down. They were rude to us last week. There's a lot of lip. I think it's got potential for a great series. We've got Netflix there, um, or well, it's just one of my phone but uh netflix netflix are gonna see it so um yeah netflix is basically they're watching and you should too sounds like a spectacle uh yes thank you mr drake so i'll um i'll now hand over to my um my colleague here the blackjack bandit and uh we'll proceed to the second portion of the uh, of the interview which is for the sanjay cooper memorial league podcast that sounds fantastic. And it. Uh... <laughs>
we surely have to re-record that. <laughs> re-record what, Dre? <laughs> We're redoing that for sure. Now that I know what it's about, I would have been sweet if I had the questions before. We'll do that again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let Tom know that you want to re-record that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... We are here with um, Monathan Drapeman, co-managers, Jono Hoffman and Matthew Drake. Welcome to the both of you to the show. Thanks for having us. Um, a real, well, just a, a vintage Monathan Drapeman performance from uh, you both last week against Stigma Makes Me Hardy for Vardy. You were, uh, your team coming out on top, 42 to 32. Uh, what were the, uh, the talismans for your result, if you will, there? Um, I mean... You can't go past uh, Connor Gallagher, another stellar performance from the midfielder. Uh, he's been a real talisman for us with uh, Lukaku missing some crucial games here. Um, but it, it was a pretty consistent performance. I mean, Ramsdale with a clean sheet was also pretty clutch. And then Stones with a clean sheet. And that was pretty much it for us. Um, so to be honest, not our best week. Um, yeah, we could have lost on another... Uh, on another day. Yeah, late and a late midweek transfer of John Stones that saved us, but uh, nice to see everyone contributing. Thiago Silva's gotten into the team. Cucurella keeps playing. Um, Mane missed a sitter. Could have been a different week. Mm. As a defending champions, uh, do you feel pressure to, uh, to live up to last season? Um, I don't think there's pressure um, because... I don't think that there is as much uh, discrepancy between the squads this year. There's there's more even playing field, whereas last year I think we clearly had, you know, we had Salah and Kane. If we didn't win it last year, um, would have been pretty embarrassing. But this year, um, seems a lot more even playing field. So I don't think there's pressure. Uh, we just take each week as it comes, and the boys keep turning out results. Mm. Feels like a home game every week at the moment, and we've got a we've got a bit of a reputation to uphold. But um, yeah, I, I think there's a bit of fear factor there coming up against Monathan, but uh, not pressure. And uh, four points clear at the stage of the season already. Do you think you have the title pretty much wrapped up? Too early? Uh, not at all. Too too early. Um, it's only you know one one or two injuries to crucial players and. You can be really scraping through or a, uh, you know, complete managerial swing and certain players are out. So, no, we're just, you know, taking each week and consistently trying to better ourselves. Mm. And what is it for new managers as well in the Premier League? There a few teams going up, a few teams going down. So, lots, uh, lots to play for still. Wise words mm. there, Mr. Drake. Um, mm. Mr. Hoffman, you have been uh, regularly known to antagonize the league group chat this uh this season and is that mm-hmm. something of a strategy uh that you've incorporated with a monathan drapeman to uh to wage a mental warfare against the rest of the league oh 100 percent um it's pretty weak mental game out there to be honest um so we're clearly in the minds of others and um yeah even offering advice at some points to uh you know just keep the playing field a bit more even uh, otherwise we're just going to take it away so yeah just trying to keep um everyone on their toes really yeah yeah Hobson the line of community service and um yeah I, I think the league's the league's definitely better for it 
And Mr. Drake, you actually have the league group chat muted. So um, is it is it a, another strategy there to be polar opposites of each other? A bit of a good cop, bad cop situation going on. Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, and, and John is the good cop. I'm, I'm muted for good reason. So um, when I have something to say, I'll say it, to be honest. That's very fair. I appreciate that. Um, Mr. Drake, we have a fan submission question that's coming directly for you from our Sherlock Jones. And it is, uh, can you name the 18 other managers in the Sanjay Cooper Memorial League? <laughs> All right. Um, is there a time limit or is it in a minute? Uh, take your time. All right. I, I would work through the teams, but I don't think I can. Um, all right, let's start. There's, there's Thomas Wiley. There's Jack Wiley making up Tarns United. Uh, Connell Mod, Tyler McRoby making up Poniki St. Germain. Uh, oh, this is where it gets tricky. Zach and Sean making up a team. Um, yep. Obviously, honestly, myself. What are we up to? What, eight? Ten. Um, I think we're up to six. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, Callum Barlow and his mate. Um, Mike Andrews. Oh, shit. We're getting, we're getting short here. I don't have it written down. Um, the, the answer is no, I can't name all 18 managers uh, in, in, the, in the Sanjay Memorial. Sanjay Cooper Memorial. I can't either, Drake. Um, <laughs> because, to be honest with you, there's only two and it's us. And we're at the yeah. top of the table with the cup in my room. Um, Drakey's going to come and collect it on Sundays. Um, so, yeah, there's really just us in the league at the moment. Um, yeah. To be honest, yeah. Leave, really the leave, the, leave, the, leave the tea bag in the cup. I was hoping to have a nice little grey out of it this morning. It will do, mate. So, um, Mr. Drake, what has been uh, Monathan Drakeman's greatest waiver pickup this season? in your opinion? It's got to be Conor Gallagher. There's absolutely no doubt about it. So um, took him, he might have even been a free pickup, but um, took him on a free. He'd been absolutely flying. I think he got a goal and an assist in the two games prior. No one has seen it. No one had picked it up. But there we were. That's our transfer strategy. And hard and fast. When the player gets informed, grab him. So Conor Gallagher, 100%. Mr. Hoffman, do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I would put a, a shout out to Ramsdale as well. Uh, we drafted Leno, um, and then as soon as Ramsdale came in and played quite well, we quickly jumped ship. And um, I think that was a good pickup as well. Um, to be honest, who else has there been? Shout Cornet. out to Matt. Yeah, Cornet. Yeah, okay. I think Cucurella as well. Who's been yeah. quite quite solid. Um, so solid. yeah. Honestly, the league's won on the waivers. Mm. That's very fair. Um, now, Mr. Drake, uh, when did you gain access to the uh, the draft fantasy login? Of oh, about ten minutes. <laughs> about- <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to sort of compare our our, our, our squad and the way we the way we run our club to something like a Tottenham Hotspur with a director of football model, which would be Jonathan uh, and myself being Daniel Levy, who sort of holds the, holds the, holds the final say, you know? Mm. 
there's well consulting, fine. but there's there's a lot of work behind the scenes by uh, Young Hoffman. Mm. Uh, so same with you, Drakey. I mean, the hours you put in are just astounding. Um, and yeah, the people don't see it, but um, the club wouldn't be half of what it was without Mr. Drake himself. My fingers are very muscular from the amount of time spent tapping. Mm. Uh, Mr. Drake, do you does Alexander Deacon play any role in Monathan Drapeman? Just, I, I guess he was he was I, one of the one of the founding factors going into the club. Um, yeah, you bump into the guy on the street, and um, yeah, you go. This is this is a Monathan Drapeman man. He he rips the shirt. He's everything. It's about right down to the afro. He's um, yeah, one of our pillars for sure. I think he's an ultra season ticket holder. Yeah, I think he might be. <laughs> yeah, I think he copped that um, pie in a season ticket deal um, early on. <laughs> I think he subbed in for our goalkeeper. Yeah, probably. Just that PSG <laughs> game where they chucked up like 20-odd. Uh, so, yeah, thought give Deacon a run out. <laughs> and pie in the stands. Yeah. On his, on his Similar way. to that keeper, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any comments regarding uh, last week's Sanjay Shielder fiasco and uh, it leading to the recovery of the Lavery Memorial Cup uh, to finally be in your position? Mm. Take it away. Absolute fiasco um, for the league, but, you know, you have to put it down to uh, Mr. Wiley and, you know, he stood for what he believed in and um, I think there was reason for that. Um you can question the timing of that, um, but, you know, it had to be done. And at the end of the day, uh, I think everyone's happy. Uh, we've got the uh, cup and the shields with its rightful owners. So uh, I think the league's going to look back as a, you know, as a pivotal moment. As a turning point. Mm. Um, so obviously with uh, Mr. Hoffman's uh, notoriety within the group chat, as well as your continuing success, um, there's a lot of clubs that are that are gunning for you at the moment. Uh, but who are you guys gunning for? Who would you both see as as your rival? Um, rival. Jeez, uh, can you name yeah. a club, Drake? That would be a rival. Uh, I don't know any of the clubs' names. I only know the clubs above us, and there's none. Mm. It's. It's tough to see a rival when, you know, rivals kind of at your level and at the moment it's just us. So, yeah, the coming weeks will, you know, see if there's anyone up for our pedigree. But, um, yeah, I think a shout-out, I think Sean and uh, Zach's team is, is very solid. Um, and they could be a force to be reckoned with. Um, but, yeah, they took us down maybe two weeks ago uh, with a well-deserved win. So we're looking forward to the rematch there. Uh, yeah 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 a little bit of early fire from um, Poneki as well um, but and, and potentially come back as well with a with a couple of Tottenham players in there in their squad so it's a bit of a watch the space but no one no one gunning for it at the moment I might put an early uh, Poneki St. Germain gamble out there that they'll finish bottom half ooh ooh Mark my words. Uh, Who do you think the, think the instability at the club's down to, Hoff? I mean, I just think 
the managers are, I just think they're weak-minded in terms of their, you know, chemistry compared to managers like ourselves, Drakey. Um, I'd like yeah, to... The pickups are slow. Their trade game's weak uh, when you look at the Son saga. Um, yeah, I don't, don't see a way up to them. They should yeah. just really be gunning for that date, game week one next year uh, with a new squad because their output they're putting out is pretty dire. <laughs> You've, you've hit two awesome points there. The first of which, so the weak-mindedness. I, I noticed as soon as Monathan Drakeman was named, um, iconic name for a club, Tynal Modrobi quickly appeared. Um, mm. now, now let's park that there. Uh, let's talk about the Huyman Song Saga. So um, listed for transfer, a week of, a week of saga, uh, but, but nothing. Can, can, you, can we hear more about that and maybe some of the inside workings of some of the trades that we tried to make work? I mean, I know I offered uh, Gallagher in that deal. He was on the line there, and I think Gallagher's, uh, they're really going to let, you know, Chelsea, uh, Loney, Connell, Fan. Uh, yeah, it slipped through the fingers there for them. The man that should have known the most about Chelsea as well. Mm, just shows that it uh, doesn't exactly result in fantasy points for them, does it? That it doesn't. The scouting network starts at the bottom. The pillars, the Deacon pillar. Mm, Deacon. Mm, Sunday. Great man. Great man. Mm, mm. Mr. Drake, um, any thoughts on um, the Sanjay Kuba Memorial League's biggest uh, non-playing fan, Oyash Nier? Uh, I've got the group chat muted, so not really. <laughs> Mr. Hoffman, any Six thoughts? Six months down the line, uh, Oyash is going to hear this and be disgusted. Mm. <laughs> um, I believe he's watching these in, in delayed. Uh, maybe he's, he's onto them now, actually. But uh, I believe he's finished with the exam, be... so he's now on catch-up mode. Mm, well, his homework's really going to be cut out for him when he comes to this episode and finds the man himself. Mr. Drake is not, all, is not aware of him. Uh, Oyash is actually one of our ultras as well. Um, yeah, we brought him in as a youth prospect, but he just wasn't cut out for the squad. So it's a season ticket holder now. Yeah, the, the organization would be about too top heavy with three in, three in, three in the hot seat. Oh, that's very fair. That's very, very fair. Um, so next week, you have a, a bit of a grudge match actually coming up against Goon FC. Um, how do you see this one going? And how are you preparing for it? Uh, Drake, you, you seem to run the uh, midweek preparations and training regime, so would you like to take that away? Can I yeah, also yeah. ask first who you think you're playing, Drake? Oh, we're, we're playing, we're playing Gern. This is this is Jack and Liam. I, I, I'm well across this. I'm uh, I, I'm well across. I've got the oranges ready. Everyone's had their, everyone's had their two or three oranges over the last couple of days ready to go everyone's been on international break um but last bit of football for Mane before um before the African Cup Nations so hoping to squeeze out a few um another few good games there um in terms of in terms of lineups there's a couple of um a couple of a couple of changes maybe this week um Ward Prowse is looking like he might be injured um we've got Mitchell Tyrick Mitchell that's been traded in from Crystal Palace um, flying high with Paddy Vieira. Um, Lukaku still looks like a doubt, and T. Elements looks like a doubt for Chelsea as well. But um, yeah, we, we're shaping up well. There might be a couple of um, a couple of trades here and there, and 
um, a, a few deals to be done before them, but we've got the international break and we're, we're optimistic. Mr. Hoffman, any comments? I think it's going to be yeah, a really good matchup. Um, looking at their team, they have yeah, the quite a few Wolves and uh, West Ham assets who are butting heads this week. So I think those games are going to be pretty crucial for us um, with Antonio in there as well for us. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, it's going to come down to Kane, I think, for them. They really need him to to really get off the ground this season versus a very, you know, leaky Leeds defense. So, yeah, I think it should be a walk in the park, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah, and typically takes Conte a few weeks, uh, a few months, sorry, to get to get everything going. So, um, hopefully, another another duck for Harry Kane. Mister Drake, um, are there any difficulties? Um sharing a fantasy football team, given that you are an only child? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I find it really tough. Um, toughest part is not being able to log in, um, not having the password. It's been it's been a bit rough. Um, I, I text John every Monday saying, can I please have a screenshot of how our team's doing? So that's that's been tough. Um, and, and also sharing being an only child, like you say, ridiculous um I, I don't know how you people do it so yeah there, there's challenges for sure mr hoffman any comments there yeah i mean um you know there's positives and negatives to it for drake's managerial style and um yeah i'll be looking to change the password um back to the <laughs> previous one back to meathead one two three <laughs> precisely um, now I ask this of every team and, uh, I'm very interested to, uh, to see what you think. Where do you see yourselves finishing at the end of the season? Mm. What do you think, Drake? Uh, I, we got to say top. We hundred percent have to say top. Phil Foden's coming into form. Antonio's been firing. We've got Luke come back. We're looking set. We're already sitting on top four points. What four five points ahead already? Um, no, nah, we're, we're in good shape. I, I'm confident. Mr. Hoffman. Yeah, I would have to follow on the same suit. Um, yeah, Lukaku has barely even scratched the surface for us, and um, he could be a real weapon come uh, the later weeks. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an easy season by any means, but mm-hmm. yeah, nothing but first place is a as a loss for us um back to back would be unreal um so yeah we're just striving each week and looking to improve mm. be hard to face the end of season get together with a with a second or a third on our resumes can't have that second's a loss for us um yeah we are battling with the um the champions league as well as this league um considering we finished first last year so our squad is quite thin but um First places in our eyes. Um, there's, is there any comment on uh, on your Sanjo Shield form? You're the only team who have existed prior to uh, this season that have uh, never won the Sanjo Shield. Um, is there are there any thoughts behind that? I mean, I I just think there's some absolute barbaric uh, scheduling problematic, you know, things happening. 
And it's just disgusting to see these things in our league. I mean, how have we only been matched on the Sanjay Shield once? Mm. Um, it's just not acceptable in a league that, you know, values fairness and we just, you know, aren't given the same opportunity. Um, but when we get it, I doubt that we'll uh, let it leave our grasp. Well said. Yeah. I, I think um, I think the referees play a part. I think I think VAR plays a part. I think um, it's yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Just get it back home. Mm. And uh, another thing that I noticed from uh, from my question beyond the uh, the rivalries, um, I I do note that um, they were previously called Murder on Zidane's floor, which uh, which Drakey may have more remembrance to. They're now called Haven't Jot a Clue. Last season, they uh, they drew with you on uh, on points, and you guys finished above them on the uh, the total score, and they're now sit second. Um, do you give no consideration to them as rivals? Uh, I think they're rivals, and you know, in the fact of uh, you know, like a classic rival, but um, it's more of like a Man City versus Man United these days. It's it's not a competition. Um, as Drakey would have first-hand experience on that. Um, yeah, we're the Man City, they're the Man United, and yeah, it's not close. Hurts to say that I agree. Um, as yeah, as, 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 he's not wrong. He's not wrong. We're um, they're sitting, they're sitting in a in a clear third or fourth. Um, and yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting. They, funnily enough, they have Harry Maguire sitting in that team, so um, maybe a few negative points coming from there over the next little while. Are there any final comments that the two of you would like to make? Drakey, any comments? Catch us if you can. Ha, ha, ha. That is well spoken. Um, yeah, looking forward to our match this week versus GNFC. And, um, yeah, just any challenge out there for during the international break, uh, I'm going to be proper bored. So let me know if there's anything happening. We're open for Wow. Mm. Drakey might be on the... Uh, Chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, it's not how it works, director of football. We'll see about that. Oh, that has been uh, Jonathan Drakeman, co-managers, Jonathan R. Hoffman and Matthew A.C. Drake. Thank you very much for the both of you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Bandit. That's it. Thank you very much to uh, the Monathan Drapman co-managers there for an inspiring interview. Well, Labamba, we uh, we have an international break in between uh, this round and uh, the next, but we still have to make predictions, which which makes it a bit more challenging. But um, the people need to know what uh, what the two leading experts within the Sanjay Cooper Memorial League are thinking for the upcoming matches. Hey, look, I think uh, I think we can. Uh help them all out and uh, give them some quality content here. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's leave no stone unturned here and uh, immediately kick into these predictions with our first one being uh, taking place at the Whitby Rehabilitation Clinic for being obsessed with a family friend as seventh place Towns United take on fourth place Comfort Mowillian. Fifth place Comfort Mowillian, rather. Labamba, what are you picking here? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, this one. Um, we've just been talking about Comfort My Willian and how well they've been doing, and I think that continues, um, but only just by a point. 
So I think that I uh, can't fit my willy in and being through a bit of a mental ringer uh, this week. Uh, the fact that uh, they thought they weren't playing for the Shield and in its physical form, and then they found out last minute that they were. Uh, I think that they put them in a poor place mentally, and you saw that on the pitch. Um, now, they do have an international break in between, but um, I think leaving those two to, uh, to stew with their own thoughts is, is a dangerous prospect, and they're very active on the wave of wire. They might overthink this one. Tons United have some difficult matchups. Um, a lot of their team is, is playing each other, with Arsenal and Liverpool playing each other, um, as well as Chelsea and, uh, and Leeds. Leicester, sorry. But um, I think Tons United are on the up. Can't fit my willy in. Uh, uh, slowing down a bit here. And I have Tons United edging this by three points. Yeah, I think uh, oh, this is one that we keep our eye on because Tons United obviously moved up a spot this week. And if they will, will you know, state the obvious, if they want to keep doing that, they're going to have to win games like this one. Absolutely. Well, in our next one, we... Uh, Taking this to the Rhythm and Vines men's Portaloo as sixth place Gurn FC take on league leaders Monathan Drakeman in a real rivalry match here. Uh, Labamba, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think it's hard to look past the league leaders at the moment. And um, I'm backing Monathan Drakeman. I think Gurn FC are going to run it fine again. So I think it'll be a two points in this one. Yeah, so I think. There's, there's something I've sort of noticed here, and it seems that when you appear on the podcast, your, your fortunes seem to change. It happened most clearly with um, with Gilfie's young boys, who had been having a torrid season, and um, since they've appeared, everything's changed for them. And Gun FC, they were kind of high-flying um, before they were interviewed, and since that point, it's it's sort of really gone gone quite south for them. Um, it remains to be seen with Monathan Drakeman's interview on, on this episode, but I think, as we've seen in previous seasons and throughout this season, nothing seems to slow them down. I expect that to continue. And just overall, Monathan Drakeman's team is just better. And I have Monathan Drakeman taking this by eight. Yeah, no, it's going to be a good one, this one. I'm looking forward to seeing how the, the two teams bounce back from the international break. And our next one, we go to the lower hut support group for being obsessed. Oh, the lower hut support group for people who only talk about their jobs. As eighth place Thickford makes me hardy for Vardy, take on third place expected to lose. Labamba? Yeah, well, I've talked Thickford makes me hardy for Vardy up in this episode, so I have to go expected to lose to win. Um, I just think they're, they're third place for a reason. Yes, they haven't scored many points, but they'll, they'll nail a tight one again. I think they win by five. Labamba, I've got the exact same logic. We've talked them up. They're going to suck. Expected to lose, take this by eight. Yeah. Good call, I think. Good call. And our next one, we once again go to the upper hut home for the vertically challenged for their 12th straight home game. As Gilfie's young boys in ninth take on a fourth-placed Paniki Saint-Germain team. Labamba. Yeah, I think... Um... As you said, they've been on a bit of a tear recently and 250-point performances, uh, nothing to turn your nose up at. But I do think the international break is going to hurt them and I think Paniki Saint-Germain won this one by seven. Yeah, so I look at this one. I really want to pick Gilvy's young boys. 
I really want to see them continue this absolutely stellar run of form. But I, I look at Paniki Saint Germain and I look at their matchups, and they have three Spurs players playing leads. Um, I think Conte, his injection of a of a different manager of a of a different style of play, is going to do big things for Spurs. And against a shaky Leeds defense, um, I think that pays dividends for PSG this week, and I can see them taking this by ten. And in our final match of round 12, the Sanjay Shield is contested at the Canterbury St. Reform Centre between 18 time holders and second place, haven't got a clue, and league toilet, 10th place, it's a sure thing. Labamba, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, this is an interesting one. Um, obviously, haven't got a clue, have been pretty electric when it comes to holding onto the Shield, but similar logic to Guilford's Young Boys I think the international break is going to hurt them they've been on a really good run um, I think it was winning I think I said four in a row earlier and kind of separating themselves from that next tier but I think this is going to hurt them I think they're going to lose this one by two points um, so you've just picked haven't got a clue to lose in a Sandra Shield match I have I have look there's a uh... There's just no way, Labamba. I mean, haven't got a clue we're going for their 19th Sanjay Shield uh, victory here. Uh, that will mean that they've held it for the equivalent of half a season. It's a sure thing. Uh, the worst club in Sanjay Cooper Memorial League history, statistically, I have worked this out. They are the worst. And it's by quite some distance. Um, they've never done anything of note. They have some interesting matchups, I suppose. I mean, you've got United playing Watford, and you've got City playing Everton. Uh, it it could be interesting, but but would you end- believe me? I'm a fan of having the shield in in the right places, right? And would you believe me in, in kind of hedging my bets a little bit here? That is that is very fair. Look, I think the only thing that makes sense here when you have haven't got a clue in a Sanjay Shield match against it's a sure thing. You pick Kevin Jota Clue big. And I'm going to go the total opposite to you here. I think Kevin Jota Clue take this by 30. Well, there's only one way that we'll find out. But um, we've, we've got an international break before then, Labamba. What? How are you going to spend your international break? Uh, I'm going to spend it by taking time with my family and friends and just really taking a, a time out, you know, a break because every, every person, every pundit needs a break from uh, football every now and again. Absolutely. Um, we, we spend a lot of brain power uh, analyzing the, the greatest uh, fantasy sports league on the planet. And it's important for analysts, players and managers alike to, uh, to take some time out to recharge the batteries and saying that I think this is like the fourth international break we've had in 12 rounds it's it's a bit ridiculous so can we get some uh some correspondence with fifa and uh really spread these out a bit more rather than just focus them in the uh the first third of the season that would be lovely yeah i think uh, international breaks a waste of time i agree labama i agree who needs family and friends when you got with sandra Cooper memorial league well 
we'll be taking a long deserved break over the uh, the next week, but we'll be back in a fortnight to uh, analyze the happenings of round twelve to uh, predict round thirteen into another club, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some new off field drama for that time period to uh, to recap. But until then, I've been the Blackjack Bandit. I've been La Bamba. Been mine's on fire. Your defense is terrified. Odetic to Kay. See you later, cucks. You're on the phone with your girlfriend. She's upset. She's going off about something that you said. She doesn't get your humor.